0: The only podcast that comes with all the season pass DLC upon pre-order. You're now listening to the exclamation mark.
1: Welcome to the Exclamation Mark podcast, the only podcast that comes with all the Season Pass DLC, upon pre-order. I am Crofton Steers, uh, the leader on this starship voyage of adventure that we are embarking upon into the galaxy of gaming unknown. Uh, with me, as always, is the uh, Spock to my Kirk. Bo Schwartz, Bo, welcome. Hi,
0: Hello there, EXM listeners. Hello Crofton. Thank you for the wonderful intro and for making the bed for me. This is great stuff. What a great starship! Thank you for docking on our spaceship.
1: Yep. No, that's that's. I tell you, I'm I'm a great captain. I treat everybody, all the crew members, with sufficient amount of respect. I uh, make them feel very comfortable. Everybody's nice and at ease, have great beds set up and then as soon as we get away from port I tell everybody that it's a nude starship and we start the orgy a lot of people get uncomfortable with that but uh, I boldly go where no captain has gone before you
0: know what, I only got uncomfortable like for the first 10 minutes but once the like orgy started happening I th- was thinking less about being nude and more about the beauty of lovemaking and the beauty of being in space in zero G space docking that I was like, just forgot all about it. So we encourage you to lift off your inhibitions and join Master Boatswain Captain Extraordinaire Steers on his Spaceship of Love. All right, this is going completely off the rails.
1: <laughs> that Spaceship of Love will now be docking into the Gaming News uh, Station. Uh, before it does, though, we want to just a couple a couple of housekeeping elements that we would like to discuss this week. First, I'd like to apologize to listeners for continuously being sick. I blame my shitty immune system and my daughter, infant daughter. (laughs) Continue. I'm sorry. uh, Yeah, so I've got a runny nose. I'm I'm like, I'm going to try and monitor myself so I don't sound disgusting. Uh, But uh, yeah, fair warning here. Uh, I'm still sick. So that aside... I want to also bitch about my day. Uh, so I, as as you guys may remember from previous episode where I mentioned I was going to buy this sweet Alienware PC. Well, it turns out that it was supposed to be delivered today, and I got a sweet little message from Dell. And by message, I mean I had to go onto Dell's website and check on the status myself, and nobody notified me to find out that, that the delivery date had been pushed back uh, not a week, not even a month, but two months to November twenty third. Um, needless to say, I flip my top because uh, that's a long time in both in the, my gaming life and in terms of anything being delivered. I have the worst luck with ordering stuff yeah, two over the internet. Is so
0: pretty unreasonable.
1: It's yeah, almost, I, I.
0: It's I, it's almost as unreasonable as you know immigrants trying to get into Europe having to wait till twenty twenty to have their application reviewed.
1: It's on the same I, level. I'm just. Kidding. I would say it's more unreasonable than that. <laughs> but uh, it's. It, it was really. I was. I was pissed. So I spend a lot of my day today trying to navigate Dell customer support. I've canceled. <coughs> excuse me. I've canceled my my computer order, and so I am without a gaming computer. If you have recommendations, that's not a Dell and not an HP. I would be interested in hearing Uh, them. Check out out
0: Doghouse Systems. Their ads are everywhere, but I think they're actually a pretty reputable company.
1: Uh, We will talk about this offline, as they say in text. In
0: case I have any secrets, I don't want to divulge to the listeners. You guys are not allowed
1: to know. That's true. We could talk about it in the... uh, What's that swanky lounge that they always had conversations in, and the the next generation, you know? Um, 10 Forward. Is that what it's called? 10 10 Forward. That is the nerdiest name. Anyway, um, (laughs) yeah, we'll talk in 10 backward. Um, But, uh, yeah, so I just wanted to have my little rant. I was also curious. We talked last week about your podcasting course, how that uh, went. Did you enjoy it?
0: It was quite fun. Um, You know, I had uh, someone that I hadn't seen from high school actually come and attend the class, which was kind of cool. So we got to catch up, and we had some people – who really knew what they wanted to do for a podcast and people who had never done it before. And we had, um, you might know the name Kathy Donovan. She's like, uh, some, she as she described it, I've been in broadcasting for a hundred years. And I'm like, why is my noob ass teaching you when you like, have clearly a long and storied history in broadcasting. <laughs> I've met you as a kid. I told her that. I was like, what, you know, and she's like, well, you know, I want to do some, some, I have some projects I want to do and I'd like to learn podcasting. So it was awesome. It was a lot of fun teaching people, well, being like, um, but you know, I'm just a scrubby guy who does this stuff in his apartment, you know. So it's like it's funny. It's but, fun, I, but I fun. think
1: that goes to show you that's the new frontier to continue the Star Trek analogy. Like we are we are yeah, at honey. the the age now where the traditional broadcast journalists, especially those who've been in the business a long time, are looking to things like live streaming. They're looking to stuff like um, like even Twitch, YouTube. Uh, and definitely podcasting as like the future, and, and and it's the grubby guys in their apartment like you that are on the cusp of that. And uh, so kudos on her for actually, you know, having a a slice of humble pie and sitting down and listening to, to Bo deliver his magic podcast producing advice because, but Bo, Bo, for those who don't know, does the music uh, on this show. He does the music on GBB on Core. Um he does all the editing of, of GB of good, bad or bullshit and uh, this show the exclamation mark. Like I mean there's a there's a lot of a uh, lot of work there. So I mean he, when people ask if I would teach a course on podcasting, I say my course would be short. It would be uh ask Bo what to do and then show up and record.
0: Yeah. Well thank you, Crofton. And um I actually realize that, you know, what I do is a lot more to it than entails what I do in terms of teaching people than what two hours can fill. So we're looking at doing podcasting, you know, 102 uh, sometime in the future. And uh, I guess um, I just give a thank you to the Westboro Brainery for the opportunity. I think it's kind of a cool idea to have um, very uh, affordable short you know, learning sessions, uh, available for people. I think it's a cool idea and, um, there's actually some other really interesting things there. So if you're in the Ottawa area, check it out I and mean, maybe they have something like it in your city. Um, yeah. or, you know, on a Saturday you can take a two hour course and learn something cool.
1: So moving on to games. Now game season is in full swing. We are now in October and, uh, I mean like September, October, November for as long as I can remember has been the main event, uh, in terms of video games. So I guess let's move into some of the news and some of the news is about recent releases and upcoming stuff in a section we like to call PlanetReadMe.TXT ReadMe.TXT
0: ReadMe.TXT
1: All right, this is where we, uh, Bo and I, switch back and forth with some news stories, stuff we saw this week that's interesting to us in the world of gaming. Bo, you want to start me off?
0: Yeah, Half-Life 3,
1: confirmed,
0: not on VR, confirmed. (laughs) So uh, this is an amazing article simply because the the desire for Half-Life 3 will not die and it will never die. Uh, some some very irritating. I imagine he's an irritating person. Sorry if you're listening and this offends you, but asked a Valve guy, "Hey, is Half Life Three gonna be on VR?" And the guy responded very irritated, "No."
1: Was he just <laughs> was he just trolling him? It feels like Valve has got their own <laughs> VR. I would think this would make sense, like for for Valve. Just to, to try and you know differentiate themselves in the VR market from the competitors, be like, "Hey, uh, the competitors don't have Half Life Three, bitches," and then drop the mic.
0: Nope, he said no, super irritatedly. So the reporter asked a second time. He asked a second time, "Will Half Life Three be on VR?" And he said, "No, it's not." And as a result, um, we now know that Half Life Three. Is not on <laughs> VR, but they didn't say the thing that we expected them to say, which was there's no Half-Life 3. <laughs> you know, by saying no twice, there's this implicit idea that Half-Life 3, uh, you know, exists. <laughs> and that It'd it's be so ridiculous VR. if
1: there was never any Half-Life 3. Like, that would just be like, so stupid. Th-
0: these are the kinds of questions Ace, like, uh, what's that Ace lawyer guy that has a video game? What's his name? There's a Who? Uh, attorney at law or whatever uh, ace something I I don't know but there's um Ace Ventura no that video
1: game objection what's that game? oh oh um anyways. Ace attorney Ace attorney uh, yeah what's it, what's the I want to say Phoenix? Ace right
0: okay so anyways it's the kind of line of questioning that might trick out some truth right if you're like does Half-Life 2 on VR. It's like, no, Half-Life 3 is not in VR. And there's no Half-Life, you know, or whatever. So Half-Life 3. Yeah, Harvey Birdman a good example as well. Um Harlequin Mayhem in the chat room says and yeah, that's what we're looking for. Um so all that to say is do you think maybe this guy made a mistake and that there's a Half-Life 3
1: or are I think we there is a Half-Life 3. It? I think it's been in backburn development at Valve for I want to say the since the end of time, at least since... You know the past few years, um, I, I had sort of felt that they were going to use it to sell their VR. So this is interesting to me, um, but uh, but we'll see. Like uh, there the, I feel from the time they announced to the time that it releases, there'll be a big gap. I think we're still far away. We're still far away from it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm my my interest level in Half Life has never been as high as everybody else's. So it, I'm it, not overly concerned.
0: Picture, picture a future. Let's say, you know, you're 80 and you've seen gaming from birth to death and you still haven't seen Half-Life 3. You're going to be kind of sad about that? Like, are you going to say, you know what game do? Well, fuck you. <laughs> or Valve, like, screw you guys for, for seriously making a really great game and not doing anything. Like, just letting it die. Like, I do feel like they have to. I feel like they should. I feel like it's their legacy.
1: Yeah, maybe. I think I think that they've always held back based on the fact that they thought that they could never... There had to be a reason for it to exist. Like, when, the, when 2 came out, the gravity gun was a big new piece of tech, all the physics and all that. I mean, they probably had great creative mojo cooking back then. If they don't have... When Portal came out, you know it was the same deal. They had something innovative to introduce. So I, you know, I really thought it was going to be VR and and in a first-person shooter cohesively together. But if they're saying not, you know, anyway, I'm I'm I I believe Half-Life Three will be out in the next couple of years. But uh, I again, I don't care about it that much. So
0: all right, well, let's move on. You got you got an interesting story to talk about.
1: So here's a game I have been following kind of with with high level of interest, um, as I think a lot of people have because it made so much damn crowdfunding money. I'm talking about Star Citizen. um, Chris Roberts, the Wing Commander guy, uh, biggest Kickstarter project of all time, has raised like $90 million or something on Kickstarter. And uh, and so I guess – uh, the Escapist, which is a prominent uh, UK-based video game magazine, did a did a profile on uh, on on the development of Star Citizen and supposedly spoke to ex uh, employees of Chris Roberts's company, uh, Cloud Imperium Game uh, Games, and uh, they were essentially saying a lot of negative things uh, amongst which that he was, he was so out of touch with game development that they had blown all the money and had barely developed anything. And that, that uh, he both, he and his wife were, were using the money, a lot of the money for like vacations and stuff like this. Um, it, it seemed very much like a sketchy story to begin with, but they also, the Escapist rushed it to publication without essentially getting comment from Chris Roberts and uh, his company. And and they were, needless to say, pretty pissed about that, and they provided uh, feedback, which is now being included in the the, the article um, that's on the escapist site, but they've also taken legal action Uh, And having read sort of – I encourage people who are interested in Star Citizen and interested in this stuff to read some of this back and forth. But it really goes to show you that even though you're doing something independently, even though you're raising community money and you're breaking away from the publisher model, you can't – once your business has blown up that big, you can't escape all the sort of toxicity and all the sort of – Bureaucracy and, and like they've had all sorts of HR issues and all sorts of like, um, Roberts isn't denying some of the problems that Star Citizen has had, but it, it's just, it's just crazy. Like, I, I, am still tentatively excited for the game, but it, it goes to show you that, that there's a lot that goes behind the making of these giant, giant games, even without major studios like EA or Activision do, that we like to blame do, for do know how, all of Live's evils. Do
0: you know how much that he's taken? Like, that- well, no,
1: I don't think he's taking any. Like he's saying, he's not taking anything. He's a rich man, supposedly, due to the sale of Origin, uh, which he had, uh, he was uh, one of the founders of, and other things to EA way back in the day. Digital Anvil, I think he sold. So, I mean, like the guy has money, um, and I think he's 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 not saying that that. Uh, and his wife is a is an actress, like an aspiring actress, and so she's going away, I guess, to these. Auditions and 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 some of these ex employees are saying, well, you know, she's pretending to work and charging the company and all this sort of stuff. It really seemed petty. He said, she said stuff, and Chris Roberts seems to be engaged in a feud with a, a, another gentleman whose whose name escapes me right now, but it's not even really worth mentioning. But uh, a lot of his retort seems to be saying that the escapist is 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 uh, aligned with this guy trying to badmouth him, and it does seem a bit like a hit piece. Uh, I don't see why they couldn't have waited for his side of the story before publication. Mm. But uh, it I'm, I, it makes me sad because Star Citizen has really been one of those hopes I've had for I games think, in the future. I
0: think if they're like, I, n- there's no doubt that maybe someone feels maligned and that there's some real bad feelings there over what's happened. But that project has been very public. It would be, I think, it would be very unlikely for malfeasance to happen on a project that has development has been so openly documented, you know? Like, we're not talking, like, Volkswagen, who, like, who the hell knows what goes on at Volkswagen? And, yep, there was a big controversy there with respect to passing those EPA tests. But this company has received all its, you know, funding. Well, maybe it didn't receive all of it. I mean, it's got to be a majority of the funding from the Kickstarter. And if they received secondary funding from actual investors, I mean, that's great, but this has been openly documented for the most part, and it would just seem like it would be really dumb. And, but and that's what Chris Roberts is so
1: saying. I can't rule it out, but... He's saying that they they're doing like they're hitting a, a high mark in with regards to transparency and stuff. I think like you know he he is an auteur. I wrote a question mark column back when I still did that uh, a while back about auteurs and <laughs> gaming like and, and I, I mentioned Hideo Kojima and stuff yeah. and he seems a bit like that like he's he's and and yes. sometimes chris you have Robert's to be games fully are called so.
0: chris Roberts games like he has of the few yeah. developers who have auteur reputations he's one of them.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like, I'm sure some of the complaints are legit. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Honestly, I couldn't really give a shit as long as Star Citizen comes out and it's awesome. And that's what I'm a little concerned about because, really, I I don't really even understand where it's at. It feels like it should have come out ages ago. It feels like feature creep might be a thing. Well, it's,
0: it's the Minecraft effect. It's going to be forever in development because they're always adding ambitious, cool stuff to it, which is what makes it great. Um, But you know, if Star Citizen just falls flat, gets the plug pulled on it, we've always got Elite Dangerous, which the upcoming expansion to be able to land on planets. So there's stuff going on. We have other options, and No Man's Sky, which is also making the news as well. Um, Yeah,
1: the No Man's Sky guy was on uh, Colbert this week.
0: Yeah, he got the Colbert bump. uh, (laughs) Now he just needs to come on our show and get the uh, Schwartz Steers bump.
1: Yeah, double. That's that's super impactful right here.
0: Two extra fans. (laughs) <laughs> That's how big our bump is. All right, um, let's uh, move on to the next one. Valve brings Steam sections to GameStop, Game UK, and EB Games. That's right. The landscape of your local gaming shop is going to be changing with a new section dedicated to the new Steambox platform, which is a big step in the legitimacy of, you know, Steambox as a console. So, what do you think about this? Are you excited by it?
1: Yeah. I'm, I sort of think that Steam Box – uh, Steam has been moving towards this sort of thing for a while like th- with big picture mode and, and computers. As you know, the computer that I tried to buy um, was somewhat of a pseudo Steam Box. Okay. So I do think computers are becoming more like video game consoles and and, and vice versa. So really this is not a, a big surprising thing. But I what really is interesting to me is the fact that GameStop – is just bending over backwards to find a way not to go out of business in the new digital economy because um, they they need to find ways to make money. The the days of me going into EB Games and being like, oh, what's used and what can I get? They're way behind me. Now I'm always looking on the digital marketplaces, and so they need to find a way to make some money there.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's first and foremost because as – Consumers, we just look at them as magical game places where you can go buy games and it's cool to hang out, maybe magical stretching it, but um they're just a business they're pushing products like at the end of the day, their chosen product is games, and they look for enthusiasm in games, but it's not like they're i don't know I, I, I haven't had to go into a physical store since the you know digital purchasing digital has become a thing, so I don't
1: I can't. i'll be sad I'll be sad honestly when that day comes yeah. like there's there's the thing with with those stores is i always got excited you know you go into a store that offers your favorite thing in the world and it which is video games like it's nice to have those in your house like that i i i always enjoy like oh what's on sale on steam when i open when i open the steam front page but there was something kind of satisfying about going into those stores so i really do hope that they stick around but i know i know that they have been uh they have been struggling and i do give them credit for trying to find uh, new ways of doing new ways of doing business. Um so hopefully some of this works out for them.
0: Well, not to uh you know I don't have a girlfriend at the moment, but when I've had a girlfriend <laughs> and maybe this is why I don't have one.
1: He's uh, eligible ladies. <laughs> wait, I haven't finished.
0: I would go to the game be like, you shopping alright I'm gonna GameStop and hang out <laughs> hang out here until you're done with whatever boring shoe stuff that you're doing. Um yeah. So, you know, we definitely, I think we need those, even if they're just, like, a play center for, you know, heterosexual males to hang out at. Well, uh, yeah, I'm getting into, like, gender last stereotyping. Time, time I'm going to stop while Game... I'm ahead, man. I don't <laughs> want to say anything stupid. But... I'll
1: go the angry old man rule that it rolled. The last time I was in GameStop or whatever, yeah. I was, like... It was a bunch of teens, and I felt like I was 100 years old, and they were all um, on lunch from school or something like that. And I was like, man, I just need to stay home and buy this shit online. I think that uh,
0: humiliation is part of the reason why online shopping is so big for games, too, yeah.
1: maybe. I'm like, I must be too old for the shit, but yet I still want to play it. Yeah,
0: But our secret's <laughs> out. We do a show about it, so it's not like we can hide Crofton. It's
1: we're true. out there.
0: We're out there. All right. Um, next up. A minecraft genius is building Pokemon Red in minecraft. Um, what's interesting about this it's not like he's running some other program within a program. My understanding of the article on pc gamer is that um, is that it's being programmed like using the editing <laughs> the, the the minecraft editor. Like, this Minecraft thing is nuts. Like, it's it's kind of crazy. Like, why wouldn't you just try and program it in a programming language to emulate it as a project? No, this person loves Minecraft so much. He's, like, the maps are blocks loaded up into smaller blocks. And I have no idea how it's coded. But um, it's a thing now. Their plan is to fully emulate Pokemon Red and Minecraft. So if you like Minecraft... Pokemon Red coming to a Minecraft cart near you.
1: It's funny how much people love Pokemon. Like, it, it's crazy the lengths that they go to. Like, the whole, you know, Twitch plays Pokemon a while back and, and yeah. everything with regards to, to Pokemon. It's like the generation that grew up Playing Pokemon in particular, which was like late nineties, around the turn of the millennium, uh, they they they're now totally uh, either game developers or uh, you know uh, heavy influencers, YouTube streamers, that sort of thing. And so this is just uh, an example of that. It's cool, you know. It's cool. I like I like seeing old games live on, but it is it is pretty funny. Let's see how long it takes Nintendo and Games Freak to sue them.
0: <laughs> I, yeah that's the always the tough thing about uh mods um all right wild star goes free to play uh it's you know it's kind of like wow but wow better that's how it sort of looked like where it wasn't the fantasy it didn't preserve the fantasy aspect well it is fantasy but that that medieval fantasy it's more like a high fantasy where you have engineers and stuff but a cartoony feel And actually, I've seen a lot of people compliment it on uh, the artistic aesthetic of the game. And I hear that the game is fun. But free-to-play is usually the sign of, well, we failed as an MMO. But if all MMOs fail, is it really failing, you know? Um,
1: Wildstar came out at a weird time, too. Because it's a new IP, first of all, which is really bold with with MMOs, especially ones that you're going to charge a monthly fee for. Um, Like even Star Wars, which is the most eminent IP imaginable, they ended up having to go uh, free-to-play. Uh, I think the age, like 2004, 2005, that was the the time, the era of MMOs and uh, with monthly subscription fees, and that time has passed. I think it would have been in Wildstar's interest to launch with a free-to-play model. Um, so hopefully they've managed to integrate it to their game uh, properly. But I really do think it's cool that there are still games that are made that aren't, MMO, like giant online games that are made that are not based on an existing IP, intellectual property. So I hope it survives.
0: So it's got all the tropes that you like from game, like MMO stylings, like a game like Warcraft, so quests. And raids and dungeons decorate
1: your house right isn't that the big deal you can make do house house design or base design
0: i don't know the all the details of, of of housing in that um but it was an ambitious game from what i understand it's definitely well worth your money if you are looking it's one of the ones that are up there in terms of quality but I haven't played it I, I keep meaning to try it but that's the issue with mmos once you get your you know one or two that you like it's Hard to go and play other ones without having to invest a bunch of time in it. Doesn't isn't worth it.
1: Speaking of uh, of of games that have maybe had their glory uh, behind them, uh, the next new story here is about Rock Band. Came out uh, this week, Rock Band four, uh, and this is honestly a type of game that I'm glad to see is coming back. Like, yeah, the market was saturated. Yes, there was Guitar Hero, Aerosmith. We're all still trying to forget about that. However. There's also, um, uh, you know, a size Rock Band in particular had a sizable amount of DLC. People invested a lot of money. You'll be able to transfer this DLC to your new game, Rock Band 4. And I think Rock Band is better served as like a platform, Mm -hmm. sort of like you buy it once or maybe it's free, except for the instruments, obviously, and you buy new songs and stuff. But anyway, the reviews are coming in. They say the initial track list is kind of weak, but that the game is still as awesome as ever. As a, again, as a grouchy old man here, I don't know if I could get people together to jam out to Rock Band, but I'm really glad the dorm rooms around the country will once again be able to dust off the plastic instruments. You
0: know, I had a f- lot of fun playing Rock Band, um, and I feel somewhat spoiled now that Rocksmith is in existence and I'm an actual guitar player. I feel like I have a product that more closely speaks to what I what I'm like interested in doing. I, I can't go back to Rock Band. Um, but I remember having good time with you guys, just jamming out on the weird, like the drum kit, the drums that don't make any actual sense than real drummers, and and all that. And then someone actually singing, so you actually could get a band going. Um, I kind of hope it makes a comeback. I think Rock Band. I think those those band emulator games are actually pretty fun. But they're novelty <laughs> games. There's nobody. That's never going to be a game like a MOBA where people are going to be playing week in week out, and there's always going to be a reason to make purchases and to have people buying things.
1: One thing that's funny is that this week they've had um, – uh, I think it was last week or maybe this week, Tony Hawk 5 came out, mm-hmm. and I love Tony Hawk, man, and I, I just absolutely loved that series when I was younger, and I loved Rock Band and uh, Guitar Hero. What do these series have in common? They just essentially were absolutely milked, in this case, both by the same company, Activision, to the point of such diminished returns. Uh that uh, not Rock Band, rather Guitar Hero was Activision. Such diminished returns that uh, um, we're at the situation where we are now, where they're essentially trying to relaunch them. And uh, I think Ubisoft is learning this with the sass it's created. And uh, I'm surprised Call of Duty still running the way it is, but like... At one point, you're going to saturate a market. you got to ease up and then and then dip your toe back in. Uh, I'm hoping that Rock Band will be successful. It sounds like Tony Hawk. I, I checked out some of the early reviews. looks like a disaster, so that's too bad.
0: <laughs> eh, the world doesn't need another skateboarding game. It's just, sorry. Even if Little Wayne is a playable character in it, we still don't want it.
1: <laughs> I would speak for yourself, Ben If they captured the glory of old Tony Hawk I would be there Alright,
0: well, um, I have another news item uh, Do you know who Darude is? Absolutely not Alright, well, Darude of Sans Stan- Okay, so go anywhere on the internet That has a comment room Or comments or a live chat room And fi- listen and find a song you really like And like, you're like, man, this song is so good But you don't know what it's called so you go to the chat room, or you go to the comments section, and you're like, "Guys, that song at two minutes forty-five seconds into the into the video, what is that song?" And then you get a response back, and it says Darude Sandstorm," and you go, "Sweet." So you go to iTunes and you go to buy it, and it's not um, it's it's not the song that you recognize, but rather it's uh, this. Uh, and I've got a little sound clip here of Derude to play for you and you 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 may you may recognize it
1: do we have to do we have to pay for this
0: no we're, we're gonna do a very small amount although i accidentally opened up an ad instead of playing the thing
1: damn it Bo. Yeah, I know that song. Is that Sandstorm? That's Darude Sandstorm.
0: So it's it's like it's an iteration on the Rickroll theme, um, you know, getting Rickrolled, right? Yeah, like, but
1: is that is that Sandstorm or is it? Yeah, another... no, that
0: is actually that Sandstorm by Derude. And so cool. that guy is making a sound pack for Counter Strike. So speaking of you know milking these IPs, these esports games, Counter Strikes now, CS:GO has been out for a while. There's still tournaments and things going on like that um they actually hired Rude to make like you know when the when the bomb's about to go off the sounds are like <laughs> so um if that's your thing play csgo and get yourself the sound back
1: well yeah no it sounds like something that you would play while well playing a, a list too well play counter strike like just like people are add playing that game like you your moves you got to be it sounds like
0: alarms or if you touch a wrong pad and get burned you you, it should be yeah it's the kind of music you listen to when you're getting electrocuted in the shower
1: (laughs) (laughs) put that on the back
0: of the album (laughs) all right um what else we have here uh i think you've got a news item about nintendo
1: yeah, and so Nintendo today, this global brand ranking thing said that Nintendo's no longer a top 100 brand in terms of value. Like last year, I guess it was 100, and this year it's off the list entirely. Companies like Sony, Microsoft, Apple, Google, you know, they're very prominent on the brand list. And, and um, the main the justification is that Nintendo has not gotten into the mobile game space um, for why it got dropped off. And I know that they're going to next year, so maybe they'll get. Get back on, but that's you know Nintendo's not doing well right now.
0: So, so who makes the top one hundred list? It was like a, a firm of some kind, or
1: yeah, it's a brand evaluation firm. Like, right. here, do you want me to get you the name of the firm? Jeez, no, no, I don't hell? need. To... <laughs> Come uh, on, I'll we're, th- not, we're I... not
0: that good of a podcast. I I, I know the level of our reporting it has a certain standard that we like to beat, and it's very. It's low.
1: called it's called uh, brand consultancy company Interbrand.
0: Wow, what Best... a...
1: Best global brands report for 2015. So uh,
0: I'm sure you guys do a great job, have great employees with great people. Your name sucks. Uh, you should call it Brander. Like, it's like Tumblr. That's what companies do nowadays. Just drop a vowel. Actually, <laughs> brand, like, drop all the vowels. Just B-R-D-R. Or B-R-N-D-R. Brander.
1: Trademark 2015 Crofton Steers.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. Social media guru Bo Schwartz over here. Alright. Um well cool. I think Nintendo deserves it. They've really been uh, dropping the soap. No, dropping the bucket. They've been dropping they've been dropping something and they're you know, they've got good it's, stuff. I
1: be, yeah, I'd be interested though to know how they rank their brands, man, because like it feels like Nintendo is a solid brand. Like if you see Nintendo on front of something, like if it's a game made by Nintendo or something, you know that probably it's gonna be quality.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, no. I, yeah. I, yes. Yes. I like Nintendo's got some great brands, and they've got great quality products. The problem is, is that they insist on they have these weird, uh, I guess, principles to their company that are just not adapting to the changing, you know, gaming space of what gamers like want and enjoy. You know, they keep like we have to have weird machines, we have to have weird controllers, we have to, you know, be behind on. Techno- like, I, I really like that. That shattered me. That Wii, like it was inexcusable to me. I will never stop. I will be eighty years old and railing about how
1: the Wii failed and how but the Wii was Nintendo. super successful. That's like the high that, point no, of Nintendo's history. But
0: it's, it's, it's misleading because in the short term they were very successful, but in the long term they've set themselves practices that are, are like, you know, th- that that are behind. They're very stubborn in some ways. Where I'm not like. I'm not getting flexibility out of their systems. And I think developers aren't getting flexibility from them. And, um, I think it's hurting them. Like, I think they, it's like saying I'm only going to rely on myself for everything and not ask for help from anybody. You know, like I think, I think they feel like, you know, their own IPs are what carries them. Their Mario's and their links and their Metroids. And there's not very many, outside of nintendo nintendo exclusive ips that really carry them unless i'm mistaken you might know bet more than me
1: no no like i mean they've always had issues with third parties right that's been a big thing for them throughout their history all the time i've worked for nintendo for a while in game promotion and it was always the same deal like they had a hard time securing third parties um and yeah, you're right. They definitely have a culture, a mentality in the way that they do business, and so to, if they want to reclaim the glory uh, of past, you know, or 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 keep up with the Joneses for that matter, they can they can definitely change business practices, make themselves a little more open and flexible, and maybe they're doing that on the mobile space. But I will say that they have, like, the Wii wasn't that long ago, and they they did that entirely themselves, you know, like, and they made a ton of money doing their own thing, and I kind of respect them for that, like, they do their own thing, they make hardware that's a little kooky, and then they make games that are dedicated to that hardware, and they don't fill it with a Bunch of DLC and they don't fill it with a bunch of crap. And if you want to play like other types of games, you got your PlayStation, you got your Xbox, and you got your PC. You can play all that stuff, but you get unique experiences with Nintendo. And I feel like that's a valuable brand identity. But I guess it's not measured that way. It's measured probably in dollars and cents.
0: Yeah. Well, I respect Nintendo's creativity as well. That's that's. It's not that. It's just. I think the thing is is sometimes that stuff works and sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, they're not in the mobile space. That was a reason cited. Why they aren't in the mobile space is beyond me, their games are the most mobile. Like if they went back in their old catalog, they've got tons of games that were launched on Nintendo devices that would be great there. And um and also VR now. Like I'm kind of like Sony's like The PlayStation crew have gotten into the VR thing. Even if it's not successful, they're showing that they're participating in in the way that the games industry is changing, like Valve is. And both of those companies, why are they in this? Like, it's an Oculus thing. Well, they want to anticipate what that competition is going to look like. Nintendo's out there eating a lollipop and they'll be like, yeah. Well,
1: Nintendo's always the company that everybody else copies. And, and this is the first time that they're a bit, they're being chasing things a little bit, but they're the ones, they're the first ones to develop like the controller that essentially everybody's copied. They, they motion control. As soon as they launched the Wii, uh, Xbox was chasing them with the Kinect. Sony was chasing them with the move, you know, like, uh, whenever they, um, uh, on the portable market and in and, and portable systems like everybody's been chasing what they're doing at all times i feel like they've been pi- pioneers and they don't play the me too game they say we're going to do this and everybody's going to follow us and sometimes they look like geniuses for doing that and then other times they look like they're ridiculously out of touch and i think we're at a period right now where they look ridiculously out of touch i do know though I like to kick things when they're down. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Uh, In this case, they are down. (laughs) And I will say, though, that as soon as my daughter is old enough to play some video games, one of the first um, video game systems we'll be looking at would be something like the Wii U or something. I... I recognize that those I want to share those characters and those experiences uh, with her. Uh, they're just not the experiences that I myself am necessarily going to play as an adult. So I really hope there's always room for dedicated Nintendo consoles. I think I would be sad if we were at the point where I'm playing Nintendo games on other systems. But anyway, I
0: think so too I like the idea that other people play Nintendo, but I wouldn't buy it. Um, <laughs> 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 all right, I think that wraps up all of our news items this week. Already? Oh, no, I got one little thing, too. If you love Transformers, Transformers Devastation is coming out uh, October 6th, so that's probably when you're listening to this, it's out. If you love Transformers, go buy this, because I think um, this is going to be like the best Transformers game ever made. Uh, yeah. Bo is a
1: huge Transformers fan. I boy. love
0: Transformers. I love me some Transformers. All right, but um, speaking of uh, games we love to play, there's this thing that we do where we talk about the games we played in the last week. You're always talking about making kids' minds like vegetables. Talk about them out on the street smoking pot. This is games per minutes. How do you feel about cutting his head off? One. Cutting heads off is fun, and it's yeah. fun when we're playing games where we do it, and not doing it in reality because then it's messy and also very emotionally traumatic. Because you know, also murder is, is not it's not as fun as it looks in video games. That being said, we're not here for morality. We're here to talk about what we've played. I've played nothing but heroes in the past week because I have a new podcast called Core that I do about heroes, and I'm just generally
1: heroes of the heroes
0: of the storm. Um, So I'm not going to talk about too much here. If you like listening to that kind of stuff, check out Core. Um, uh, But I will be playing other games soon. I think there's a mod for Skyrim I really want to try out. I'd like to report back on it. And what is it? What is it? Um, It's a murder mystery mod that's there, and it's made by, um, it's got a lot of great reviews by games industry people, but it's a total mod with original voice acting and new music. But the deal is that it's a murder mystery, and I kind of just like what it's proposing, so I may go in and check that out.
1: Yeah, that sounds cool.
0: Yeah, um, but let's talk, Crofton, about what you've played, because you've played a game that, as a non-PlayStation owner, I don't have access to that I'm really interested in, called Journey, which won a lot of awards.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. so, like, okay, so I've been talking about Batman lately, and I've still been kind of, like, I've been on the fence because I've been waiting for that new PC, which, God damn it didn't come, um, so I've been <laughs> sort of...
0: Oh, sorry. <laughs> Shut up, so, uh, guy from Simpsons. I don't remember your name, Carl. Nelson. Nelson. Uh, Nelson, get the hell out of here
1: so I'd be sitting on the fence about playing, uh, starting something new and I was doing all the extra stuff in Batman. Honestly, I'm close to getting my first platinum award, uh, in PlayStation. I think, Oh, that's one thing I wanted to talk about on the dialogue tree. sometime. those like achievements and awards put that in the hopper for the future. But, um, but anyway, so I, I finally, uh, I finally decided, Oh, you know what? I miss this game journey. That was won a lot of game of the year award in 2012. And, uh, I felt like you know this is it's supposed to be a short game. Uh, I'm, I'm just gonna you know spend the 15 bucks or whatever and see see if it was worth all the hype. And um, so I, uh, it's two gigs, which is not too big nowadays. And uh, I played it in two sittings, but you can easily play it in one. It's about two hours, which is really not that long. Although it made me realize that there might be a marketplace for that like movie length games that do a certain thing because like when you're done, you feel like, Oh, that I, I had a great experience and now it's over and that's, that's great. It didn't overstay its welcome. It was, you know, just one, one great experience. I don't know what the price point should be for those games, but anyway, that's an aside. So journey was, uh, I wanted it to be absolutely mind-blowing amazing because all these reviews have been crazy about it. And it it beat – in now 2012 wasn't a big year for games really, but it beat some of my favorite games for the game of the year. And it is an experience, but I thought it was a little bit underwhelming. And maybe had I played it in a vacuum and not been hyped up to the moon, I would have appreciated it a little more. But unfortunately, that's not the way I played it. I played it with everybody on the internet having said what an amazing thing this was, and I'm glad it exists, and I'm glad games like this exist. It's the opposite of games as product. It's like more games as art. You could never imagine Journey having uh, to pre-order a season pass full of DLC for Journey like that. That would be ridiculous. Um, it's, yeah. it's one and done product, and it and it's all about like artistic impact. And, and delivering an experience to the player.
0: All right, so what's the like? What's the gameplay like? like what, you, what is your objective in Journey?
1: Um, the Okay, so in, in in Journey, you play, and it's funny because I didn't really know this. It's a good question, Bo, because I, I didn't really know this when I started it. The reviews are kind of uh, uh, mysterious, I guess. You play like a sort of an ephemeral kind of play uh, individual under a cloak in the desert. Like you don't know if it's a man or a woman, a creature, a human or whatever. Just an individual so, so wearing
0: you're gender a, neutral?
1: Well yeah, whatever. You're you're race neutral, you're whatever. You have no okay. way. You just see their eyes kind of sticking out of the cloak and 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 they're in the desert. They you start in the desert and there's this mountain with a light at the top of it. And the whole game is about you walking up to that mountain with the light on it. And uh uh, at one point I joked to my wife that it's like press press up on the joystick the video game uh because like <laughs> okay. there's just there's just times where you're just holding the joystick and your character is walking and the wind's blowing and it's like they're trying to really make it feel like it's a massive journey uh that's the name of the game um and uh it 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 does do that in many ways there's no hud absolutely beautiful graphics Super well artistically directed. The sand looks uh, beautiful. It's shimmering. You can like surf on it when you go down hills. It really is soothing, relaxing. Um, it, it, it hits all its marks in what it intends to do. Uh, and I don't want to take anything away from it. It's definitely something that I believe gamers that have the fifteen bucks in the time should experience, but it's also not something that I would say like, oh, you need to buy a PlayStation to play this game, or you need to, you know, this is by far the game of the year. Or uh, I, I felt that was that was overselling it. It's it's a nice light experience, um, and I definitely recommend it. But it just it it just didn't reach that next la- layer of of. Maybe if it stayed longer, maybe if there were more gameplay mechanics Because the only mechanic bow aside from walking is um you get you're able to jump when you get this sort of like uh, these you pick up canvas type material and it it makes your scarf get longer. I know this sounds ridiculous and uh and then you hit the button and you'll your scarf will get shorter and you'll be able to jump and float and stuff and there are puzzles that use these mechanics. And you're also able to do this sort of shout hmm. type thing hmm. that allows you to to pick up things. It's sort of the interact. There's like an interact button and a jump button. And there's a bunch of light puzzles. Um, and uh, it's not, not overly hard. It's really about getting from beginning to the end. They don't want you really to be stuck. You can't really die even though they try and um, create a feeling of danger while you're playing from time to time uh so i it's good like it is it's honestly good it's just i i don't know my expectations were just so high and it it just didn't meet them and i I feel badly for that because it didn't
0: didn't like um touch you in an emotional way i thought i thought maybe the deal with journey was that there was some sort of story narrative thing that happened that was very moving i know you're kind of impervious to to a lot of feelings yeah. You <laughs> have like you have humanity deep down, but some things maybe just don't reach you. You know, there's
1: when I played the Last of Us. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> when I played the Last so, of Us, such it, a jerk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I know what you're saying though. Like I'm yeah. not I'm not a, I'm not sappy. And and this you is you
0: don't like watching the dramas, the cryy dramas. You like the Star Wars and the Spidermans.
1: Well, okay, so and robots. The, the, the thing is when I played The Last of Us, which I still think is an amazing game and when I would compare the two, like often there would be a list of the get best games of the PlayStation 3 and it would be like The Last of Us number one, Journey number two or sometimes even Journey number one, The Last of Us number two. There's no question. The Last of Us is, oh, so much of a, a future achievement, better game. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of emo- emotional poignancy it it is it really hits you in the feels it builds up relationships with characters over a long period of time you experience so much with them and and then it's very powerful um journey is so short so you you're not able to develop that attachment with your n- nameless protagonist there are things that happen in the end does try to elicit i guess some some form of emotion but i don't know it didn't really i it didn't really do that uh much for me at the end. It didn't really and it's funny because one of the mechanics in the game is that it's it's sort of multiplayer, so you can meet other characters walking around the desert uh with you. It's only one other person at a time. And and there's no co-op puzzle solving or whatever, and you can't talk to them or anything. Um there's very little interactivity. It's really just kind of this sense of mystery. Oh, you meet another character. But then at the end of the game when you finish the game, it says these are the people that you met on your journey. And and the, any, you know, there'll be like four or five people that you cross paths with, I don't know. And it was funny because one of my one of the guys I cross paths with was Mr. Monkey Nuts. And uh I had I had just finished this like emotional journey Um and it's just like it's rolling the credits and then it's like thank you for going on this journey with us you met these people along the way and it's like mr monkey nuts and i started laughing just because (laughs) i mean it's it's the narrative dissonance with this emotional experience i just had in this stupid ridiculous name uh but uh but yeah it's that's that's uh, how it is it it, it, it's trying to give an artsy experience and uh, an experience that's going to sit with you and last with you and i know a lot of People have said they thought about it days and days after they played it. I'll remember the images. Sometimes I wish I could just take screenshot after screenshot. But I'm not going to necessarily remember any sort of emotional resonance it made with me. And the whole time I was kind of on guard for why is this game so good? You know, when everybody tells you a game is good and you're like you, – you, the whole time you're thinking, oh – This game needs to impress me. And it's an unhealthy mentality. It really is. But when a game's that short, the whole time you're spending it thinking, like, why is this so good exactly? Even though you're denying yourself some of the experience, you know. Stop trying to figure out why it's so good and just enjoy it. So maybe I'll play it again. It's only two hours. But there's a couple of sequences that are really enjoyable, too. So,
0: Yeah, well, that's – you know what? If you play it again, you should invite me over to your house so I can check it out because I don't think it's something I'd buy a PS4 for. But Yeah. But I definitely, uh, I was interested in that one. Well, cool. Uh, it sounds like you actually at least got to play a game, even though you didn't have your swanky new system. And it sounds like you may never have one.
1: You know, and I bought, oh, I also, just FYI, I pre-ordered the... Uh, the Witcher DLC pack, the nice. first one that's coming out. All right, and uh, so I, I'm, you know, I'm. I think the deck I'll get back into The Witcher that when the DLC pack comes out, I could jump, you know, right into the, it. But supposedly there's a the heist out of Grand Theft Auto 4 so oh. I'm excited for that.
0: I'm going to say we should rebrand the exclamation mark to the Witcher three mark. The, the Witcher <laughs> the three heroes three. of the storm mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, Witcher so, of the Storm, Mark. That's what's okay. great about
1: Journey. Like, honestly, I could spend more time. To, I could talk more and more and more about Journey. I won't, mm-hmm. but it's when it, it's a two-hour experience that you could spend four hours talking about. It. And there's good and bad associated with that, but you know, it's interesting. If anything,
0: I think it's great to have short games in addition to long ones. There's a couple of short ones that are on my to-do list. Uh, Broken Age. Um, I should get around to playing that so we can talk about it too. It's a it's a good one all right um so i think that covers our games per minute why don't we move on to a little segment crofton why don't you tee this one up what's this segment called
1: this is the part of the show where Bo and i have a discussion about a topic that we pick out prior a topic that is burning a hole in the souls of one or both of us this segment is called the dialogue tree (laughs)
0: There's one fine dialogue tree. All right, man, it's dialogue tree time, and that means we're going to talk about, we're going to debate a topic that's burning at the forefront of people's minds, the gamers' minds, I would say. So, yeah, but what's the topic this week, Crofton?
1: So this week, it's one that I've name-dropped a couple of times, is season passes. Oh boy,
0: I- Season passes.
1: And I know we've talked about DLC previously, but this is not DLC, uh, uh, period. It's it's, it's the concept of a game selling what has now become known as a season's pass, and uh, that is for a lesser amount than buying the individual pieces of DLC, you get all the DLC for a game, except you're essentially committing to buy it prior to any of it being released and the reviews and all that sort of stuff. So... That's so, what a season pass is.
0: All right. A few thoughts up front. First of all, it's been long understood that games, especially from AAA studios, you know, they're still charging $60, $70 for a game. They're going to hold back some of the content, release it a bit later, and charge DLC monies for it in order to increase the price point. Like, this is this is already a practice. So let's say this is a practice. What is the benefit of a season pass? Well... If you know, like, if I'm super into Mass Effect 3 and I know I'm going to want to see everything, why don't I just give them all my money at once and get save a little bit of money and get a season's pass and get it all for, you know, get it all the day day and date it comes out and not have to pay more and later. Um, which, in principle, if you're a deal hunter, sounds great. Um, but, in a way, you're gambling. And this is my thought, is that... You know, if it's a long-standing franchise with a company that has a pedigree for its releases, like, I would say Borderlands 3, if it was good, then I'd consider getting a season's pass. But, like, a brand new game that, uh, you know, is doing the season pass thing. Like, how do you know it's going to be good? And the reality is, um, some games, even in established franchises, have had bad releases and bad DLCs. So, now i got to buy the good DLCs with the bad DLCs. So all that to say, it just feels like it's very transparently saying the game's going to cost sixty dollars or seventy dollars, and we actually want to charge a hundred for it. So tack on an extra thirty to get a discount on the season passes, and maybe you like them, maybe you don't. Uh, we don't know. And so I kind of, I mean, I kind of have trouble with DLC to begin with. I kind of, I think I hate season passes.
1: Well. You made some good points right off, and I, I do think that season passes are essentially the idea is to to take language that we understand from another medium, which is TV, and say like, okay, what what uh, what's a season's pass? It's like getting uh, getting an entire uh, season of a show before the show comes out. So it's like if a new season of Lost comes out, I pre-buy it. And I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get new episodes of Lost. I, I don't essentially know what each episode, the quality of each episode is going to be. But I I, I have a sense of, of, of the overall product. Uh, and I'm making a bit of a leap of faith. And I think this is really, as part of developers, like game prices have stayed fairly low, not in Canada, which they've just bumped up, but in the States for so long, they're looking to make more and more money per game. And... Um, And they're looking to predict that into the future, like to be able to project how much money they're making. So instead of waiting for all the DLC to come out, they want you to to lay down money now so that they can say, they can go to their spreadsheets and be like, okay, this game is made this much per user or whatever. So I understand the corporate mentality behind Season Passes, but I agree with you. I also kind of hate them. And the main reason I hate them is because they're selling you something that you don't necessarily know what you're going to get in in the end, and uh I think the the big example being tossed around lately is Batman Arkham Knight, a game I just finished, and I actually bought a small piece of d l c for that game recently uh but uh, but they, they originally announced the pricing of it for a season's pass, which was, I think, $40, close to the, the total price of the game. Again, so you're spending like 100 bucks on one game to get the season's pass, but they didn't reveal any of it. And the internet essentially exploded, said, what the hell, you're charging $40, bucks. you are not even telling us what it's going to include? And uh I, I you know, I could appreciate that. Like they, they then t- desperately started announcing stuff. They were caught because I guess they said, Well, it's more Batman. You don't really need to know what it is, it's just more Batman, right? But but people were like, No, we need to know what it is. We need to know how this is gonna affect the game, what sort of quality of product it is. And now that I've finished Batman, Arkham Knight, I see that a lot of the DLC in this pack is garbage. It's j ju- useless doesn't really have any bearing on the story or the game is short, not necessarily getting great reviews. And some of it is content, especially the challenge modes and stuff that were in previous games that should have been in this game on on release. So, I mean, definitely, uh, I haven't been impressed with any seasons past. I've seen so far, with the exception, maybe, of Borderlands 2.
0: Yeah, I I think you make some really good points. I think... Like, how many Season Passes have you ever bought? Have you ever bought one?
1: I have Borderlands 2. Uh, I I got a Season Pass, which they allowed you to buy after. Sometimes they put these artificial restrictions. Once all the DLC is out, you have to buy them individually or whatever. Um, Borderlands 2, I got the Season Pass... on on sale afterwards. This is where it becomes kind of like when all the content is released, say it's on something like Steam or something, and then there's a Steam sale. So you're already getting a discount for buying the season's pass, um, but you get a a sale on that season's pass as well. So then you're getting the discount at a pretty nice price. Uh, You're getting the content at a pretty nice price. However, it means that you may get Things that you wouldn't have bought otherwise, like for example, uh, Bo, you and I, definitely Tiny Tina's um, D&D adventure, we were excited about playing, but we skipped like Hammerlock's Hunting Island or something like that, like there was one that was kind of
0: I still less... feel like I want to finish that one too, it's like, uh, I'm sure it's good, you know.
1: That's a testament to the quality of the game and everything in Borderlands Two. Yeah, generally, like the, fairly the border, good content. The, the border,
0: yeah, it's like because that that D and D adventure you're talking or bunkers and badasses. Um, that's that felt like we got our money's worth. It, that it's was a very good. rare yeah. feeling for DLC. I think.
1: Yeah, yes, but but we were able to pick it. You're able to pick it as well, be like, I'm going to buy this DLC as opposed to getting it, being like, I wonder what I'm going to get when I buy this season's pass, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, and that's, that's the thing, like, you pick the things that you want. Like, for instance, I didn't buy the Batman season pass, but I did buy one $2 piece of Batman DLC, something that I wanted, Um now, if one day I see a really cheap Batman Seasons Pass, maybe I'll maybe I'll buy it. Who knows? But uh it, it, like but they could have just called it, you know, DLC bundle and, and sold it at the end after all the DLC is released. My big issue is the idea of selling it before anything is announced or released, calling it a seasons pass. And saying, it's going to cost you a shit ton of money. You have no idea what you're going to get from it. <laughs> and um, it, and you announce them well before you announce, this game is coming out. It's going to have a season's pass of DLC. Um, and so, you know, save some money for that or buy it buy it now or pre-order the season's pass. I'm I, like, come I, on. I
0: like that $30 is a shit ton of money. <laughs> it's going to it is, though, in the aggregate. The thing is, $30 on its own is not. But if all these games are asking you for 30 bucks on you, top of the 60 bucks you passes, already paid sight unseen you're blowing like so much money on nothing and i think i'm in total agreement i haven't bought too many seasons passes because it's exactly that i want to see what i'm getting in it unless i 100 percent trust this company i'm not buying something in advance or this what's the seasons pass you bought I bought Borderlands 2, and you know what? I might have bought the Metro Last Light Seasons Pass. No, did I? I don't remember. That was one I was strongly considering buying, though, because I loved Metro 2033. And Metro Last Light had a Seasons Pass. Let's see if I own it here.
1: Um, See, I I feel like because as an alternate to the season's pass thing there's often these game of the year editions of games yeah. and the PC market often lets you upgrade your existing version to the like the game of the year or the 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 uh, the complete version like LA noir i have the complete LA noir with all the extra cases and all that um, but i was able to upgrade that afterwards for a couple of bucks it's not like however when the game came out I think it had some sort of seasons pass. It definitely had exclusive cases to like certain consoles and stuff, which was ridiculous as well. Um, so yeah, these are all part of the new gen, the new generation of business practices. And I guess like seasons passes, I feel like are going to be a flash in the pan. I really feel that they're going to change the way they're going to DLC still going to exist, but I feel that the tr- gamers are going to demand higher transparency.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think the problem is it's buying it in, in advance. I, I think there are people out there who are buying it sight unseen, and I feel like they're getting taken advantage of. Because the ultimate thing, like, if if you know somebody who's in business, they're going to tell you this regardless, whether it's pre-orders or it's season passes. Them, Even if they give you a quality product and you're very happy with the money you spent, giving them your money early just means they earn interest. They're earning a ton of money, right? that goes into a bank account and that earns them interest. So they get a couple extra months interest and when you're when you, when the numbers are that big like you know interest on in a checking account you get like a cent or something like it's not but when businesses do it they might get an extra couple of 10 grand out of it and all that stuff adds up and a lot of these businesses work that way where they're trying to make those th- that could be someone's salary and that could make a difference in how they figure out whether or not a product gets made and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so on principle, I'm like, well, I'm going to keep my money. I'm not giving them free interest. Like, <laughs> screw your pre-orders and screw your season passes. Um, and I think we should all, uh, stay the same, say the same thing. So season passes, I'm all, f- you know, DLCs is a reality. I think extra content is fine. You know, there's pitfalls, blah, 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 blah. But sight unseen part about season passes, bad policy. I think we shouldn't do it unless you're detailing and pro it's like you're promising, you're going to get X, Y, and Z, or, you know, we give you a refund.
1: Like, And I feel like it should be differentiated from uh, seasonally released games, like Telltale games that are um, – uh, Yeah, that's that rele- different, I think. Yeah, it is different. Yeah. They release – these are – uh, and it, it's supposed to emulate a television show type thing and say, like, OK, we have multiple episodes of this show. So, uh, you know, you could watch the by the pilot if you want to subscribe for the rest of the season. Uh, you can. It, it's giving a game in morsels as opposed to uh, a full game, which is what Batman Arkham Knight was a full game. And they found ways to like sort of nickel and dime some DLC that honestly makes no sense with the rest of the game and story often. So, uh, but they just, they're just looking to make more money with the framework that they've already created. Anyway, yeah, sorry, Bo. I'm ready to move yeah, on to a so uh, more positive topic. My What's... verdict,
0: but I just want to say my verdict on Season Pass is that it's season ass.
1: <laughs> You've been waiting to say that for like <laughs> 10 minutes, Hubby. I mean, That's so funny. They made a funny see. <laughs> all right uh so the next segment we're gonna talk uh, we're gonna just close out the show uh before we get of course to master game theater don't cry everybody we're gonna do master game but before we get to that the sort of last bit of game talk we do is where we give you our recommendations what you should uh keep what you should throw out or if there's a better way to say it um what would that be bo
0: um it's called inventory management
1: Ooh, where we answer the question spent your cash or vendor trash inventory management is a challenging and inexact science
0: I'm sorry Crofton we forgot to rehearse that one prior to recording I, I yeah, got my cues I, keys I all set out. you
1: up to say the line where we answer the question spent your cash or vendor trash
0: yeah I just felt like it was time to hear the music you know but yes you're absolutely correct Spend your cash or vendor trash. The world and universe is an amazing place when the things rhyme. So you know, recognize. <laughs> Alright, um do you, have, do you have a recommendation this week, Rob? Yeah, I'll go.
1: I'll go first. Uh, we we did Master Game Theater last week, um, and we skipped Inventory Management. And in it, we did a, a scene from a uh, Gabriel Knight: Sins of the Fathers, a 1993 adventure game by Sierra Online that I very much loved uh, back in the day. It's um it's a great. It, it was a great game, and it was honestly one of the few games that literally scared the shit out of me, especially when I was younger. Um, that said. Uh, it was remade last year by the original designer. And uh, so you can get it on Steam. You can get it on Good Old Games. It's about 20 bucks, I think, or thereabouts. Um, it's the remake, you know, everybody's always going to say this, no matter if it's a book, a movie, a TV show, whatever. The remake's not as good as the original game. I'll just get out there and say it. However, it to to attract the new generation, if you will, people that may not have nostalgia goggles on. Um, it may be worth it may be worth starting with the, the the remake and if you're really into it, maybe going back and seeing the original. Uh the voice acting cast isn't as good. They didn't have as much money this time around. So, so in the no original year. Pardon me? No Tim Curry. No Tim Curry, no Mark Hamill, uh, no Michael Dorn. Wow,
0: well, those two were in it as well? I forgot about that.
1: Uh, Mark Hamill does uh, Detective Mosley, which is, in my opinion, one of his best voice performances up there with the Joker. He is a gifted voice actor. Um, anyway, uh it's still the, the remake is really good and there's a new added scene that uh, I feel really does a good job in upping the creepiness factor at one part of the game um so it's 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 totally uh, totally worth playing it's easier on the eyes the the game play systems are a little dated so you may like don't be scared about using a walkthrough if you need need to uh, I think you'll get more out of it if you don't get stuck all the time. Um, but uh, but it's yeah it's it's totally worth playing. I'd like to see uh, what new gamers think of Gabriel Knight, and so Gabriel Knight remake is my yeah, recommendation.
0: It's, it's, uh, the reviews are, user reviews on Steam are very positive, so it seems like a lot of people like it. I think I want to check that out. I did play the original Gabriel Knight. I remember nothing about it, so I think I should go and play the remake and have some fun.
1: Yeah, you I think you would enj- I think you would enjoy it. Like it's just that uh it's just that the new version is like just a little jankier, you know? And there's less animations and stuff. Like for example, the first one's all pixel art. I'll give you an example. Um Gabriel goes to his grandmother's house, and in the original he hugs his grandmother when he comes in the room. Yeah. And in the new version because they're like these polygon models and probably it would cost a lot of money to make them hug properly. They just sort of like stand in front of each other. And I'm like, how you doing, Grand?" You know, like, uh, so th- th- there's little things that are removed wow, that make it like feel.
0: A, that is a level of minutiae nerd rage that, you know, yeah,
1: the, there's the, a scene where Grandmother
0: and Gabriel don't hug. That out. hug is canon. So yeah. you might enjoy the game, but the hug isn't in it. And you can't, if you know the hug's supposed to be in it, you can't play it without the hug.
1: Hashtag so. Grand Hug Gate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, so I, 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 a lack of hug I'm is just, a mark against it.
1: I'm just saying that the art at the time, like when it came out, it was a triple A PC game, and yeah. the remake is not a triple A PC game. No, no, it's a it's a small studio remake, and it 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 uses. You know, super high resolutions and 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 good uh, upra- upgraded music and all sorts of stuff, but it's it's still not as uh, big budget as that the older game was at the time. And sometimes you see, sometimes you see it. Although honestly, I think if you'd never played Gabriel Knight before, you probably wouldn't be as picky as I am. Okay. Hashtag yeah. Grand Hugs. All
0: right. Well, I, th- I think it's a great recommendation. So check out Gabriel Knight. I'm gonna make a recommendation that I should have made a long time ago. The freaking Banner Saga. I want to talk about a fun game? Uh, if you like enjoy games like XCOM, turn based combat strategy, that is the meat and potatoes of the gameplays or these combats, and uh, except in between them, there is a beautiful story with beautiful artwork, and kind of a, I guess it's like I don't I never really played Oregon Trail. I think I think that's the kind of gameplay it emulates where you're traveling along and things happen along the way. So. You might meet a stranger and then you have to make a decision and there's an element of like permadeath to it where like um like bigger games like dragon age and and mass effect can have choices that cause main characters to die this is that kind of game where main characters can can die or have negative consequences or betray you and stuff like that so it has an amazing story it's i think very lightly voice acted it's mostly not voice acted However, the music is beautiful and the art is beautiful. It's got that um is that blues, is Don Bluth style of like a little yeah. bit of that it it's not Don Blues and but it just emulates that kind of I think of, he's uh, dead so that's good. But it but I was saying it evokes that kind of cartoon magic world like it's adult but it's cartoon, you know. It's very nice and it's very cool. The good news is you play the Banner Saga volume 1 Volume 2 is on the way. They've hyped it up at a few of the conventions. It hasn't been the biggest item, so it hasn't made a lot of headlines. But it's one of the more exciting gaming things that's going to be coming out soon. I have high expectations for the second one because the first one was good, but not long enough. And I say that there's a ton of beautiful artwork in it. It's no wonder it's as short as it is because there's a ton of great art assets in it. And music, um, but I definitely wanted more. So I'm hoping it's just the same for the second one and longer. Uh, so if you haven't had a chance to play it, go to Steam or go to. It should be on Xbox and PlayStation as well. I'd have to imagine it's console. I don't friendly.
1: think it is. I think it's on iOS only. Like, oh, You can get it on iPad. It. All
0: right. Well, let me let me quickly check here. But it is. On Incidentally, Don it is on... Bluth
1: is not dead. That was my bad. <laughs> You're
0: spreading death hoax rumors. How dare you? Um yeah, I
1: honestly, Bo, that's one that I've been tempted to play. Oh God, and you you have, have really come come uh, out and said some pretty positive stuff, and they have announced, to my knowledge, a sequel. Um, so I, I really should get off it, my. It uh, on get on off Android my asset. and
0: it is on PlayStation Four and PlayStation Vita. So it's a game you could be playing now while you're waiting for your computer. Apparently,
1: I um, could be playing it on. Well, do I want to play it on PlayStation? Is that um, a? Be- isn't it better to be playing on the PC? It's,
0: it's beautiful game. So I I feel like it's not a controller game because it's that XCOM feel where you have to give commands on a grid. So it might not be fun with a controller. So yeah, probably want to play it on a PC. Don't play it on your iOS. You know, you, I think you want. I think you want to play that on. Yeah, you're right about the PC. I just if you could play it on a television with a mouse and keyboard, that would be cool. But um, it's definitely a gorgeous game, and uh, it's definitely fun, and it's casual. So. While you'll find the strategy part challenging, it's not a game that you're going to be. It's not Witcher Three. We're going to be spending a hundred hours playing it. It's going to be you had the the adventure ten to twenty hours, and you're done.
1: That's perfect. That's what I need, man. Uh, I want uh, ten to twenty is pretty long, actually.
0: Um, yeah, no, it's like it's long enough, but it's going to go by fast. It's it, I think is the sense of it. So um, I definitely fell in love with playing this game, and. Um, it's very basic it's not very complicated once you sort of get the combat mechanics and uh it's got it's got its own lore it's a fantasy world but it's not it's a new fantasy world there isn't anything i think quite like the fantasy that they're delivering on here so uh banner saga volume one available on steam buy it today
1: Sweet. Well, because I'm about to die due to this stupid summer cold, right. thank you for bearing with me, listeners. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to move out of our inventory management. Two good recommendations from the two classy gents that command starship. You want me to the starship, and we will move. Do
0: for you, buddy. If you're not feeling super. Pretty? Oh yeah, do it, man. Yeah. Do it. You know, I don't mind carrying the load uh, if you're, you know, starting to die over there. Yeah, I'm starting All to right. die. You do it. All right, so we love taking suggestions for the show. If you've got games you think we should recommend or anything that you think we should say, whatever that H you want, just write to us at exmpodcast at gmail.com. You write it in, we'll read it on the air and respond to you and have a conversation about it do you want to find out how you can get a hold of more exclamation mark podcast related social media what's it who's it's well on twitter at exmpodcast.com on facebook facebook.com slash exmpodcast uh, twitch.tv slash exmpodcast where we have a live stream mondays around 8 we usually actually end up getting started around eight forty, 40 but uh, we're disorganized man children so that's how these things go by the way, just a quick shout-out to Harlequin underscore Mayhem in today's Twitch chat room for being a very awesome participant in the live recording with a lot of great suggestions. i just like to give that user a shout-out. Um, finally, we do some other stuff. Crofton and I are also hosts of the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast where we select a topic at random and debate the topic. That's available at goodbadbull.com. Information there. Finally... If you want to find out more about what I'm up to, you can find me at Bo Schwartz on Twitter and Crofton. Where can our listeners find out more about what's going on with your illness and, and boogers and things like that?
1: Well, they could come. They can come up to the bridge and speak to me directly, or uh, they can uh, reach me through our Twitter command console at Crofton Steers on Twitter, uh, and I would love to hear from them. Health like- advice, maybe games advice, stuff on the. Topics we discussed this show, why they think Gabriel Knight is awesome, all those things. I feel like there's some IT about.
0: references that I didn't get in what you were saying I felt lost. On the bridge? like the, Yeah, the, because of the our, we're on the Starship, bridge? Bo. Oh, Starship theme returning. I, you know, I was so ensorcelled by our dialogue that I forgot we were on a Starship this whole time.
1: It's um. true. It's sometimes... The stars just whiz by and they become background. I understand.
0: Let's take a trip on down to the holodeck where we're going to load up the uh, ancient uh, English English theater, the Globe program, uh, and do our final segment called Master Game Theater. It's now time for
1: Master Game Theater.
0: All right. We have an extra special... Master Game Theater today, because I first discovered this last week, and I I can't believe I hadn't heard it till now, but it is one of the most amazing things ever. So, um, it's from Mega Man 8. I feel like it's at a time when Mega Man started to get brought up um, to date and have voice acting in it, but it is one of the worst voice acting jobs in gaming. And we're going to perform it for you today. Um, And it's probably not going to be as good or as bad as the real thing, but we're going to do it. Um, So, Crofton, you're going to play the role of Mega Man, okay? What you need to know is that you need to just enunciate everything correctly. Mega Man's voice acting is fine. Uh, Dr. Light, the other character who's speaking to Mega Man, is the one whose voice actor... Uh, might have been just somebody's grandfather in an old age home suffering from dementia that they got to record the voice acting for. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Alright, uh, without further ado, are you ready to go? I am. Alright. Uh, Alright, let me... <clears throat> oh, 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 oh. Just doing my warm-ups. Sorry, guys. Alright, here we go. <clears throat> These seem to be energy resources... But I've never seen this type on Earth. I don't know where this energy came from. But we cannot let it fall into Dr. Wowie's hands. You must recover all the energy immediately, Wa- Mega Man.
1: But where is Dr.
0: Wily? That's a good question. We may be, be able to locate another energy emission from the radar room. When we find that meteor, we'll find Dr. Wowie. <laughs>